Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Now, they're the stories at the foundation of everything we believe, and we believe in them deeply. But after hearing them so many times, have we lost some of our awe and wonder at the life of Jesus? Our guest today is a prolific and pioneering recording artist and worship leader whose latest project is available now wherever fine music is sold or streamed. It is called simply, Let There Be Wonder. Mr. Matt Redman is a multi-Grammy and Dove Award-winning singer-songwriter who's given us the treasured standards 10,000 Reasons, Blessed Be Your Name, and You'd Never Let Go just to name the tip of the iceberg. And Matt, it is just the best to have you here today. How is this fine day treating you, sir? It's a good day, thank you. So glad to hear it, sir. So glad to hear it. Well, before we get into the amazing new music, there is a question that really we can't help but asking because you're pretty much the perfect person to answer the question, which is, first of all, you born in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, as your accent will tell us and live currently in the United States of America. So here's the thing. As Americans, we're pretty proud of a history where we, shall we say, invite the British government to depart from our section of the North American continent back in the 18th century. As Americans today and for decades, there is no music that we love more than that which comes from the British Isles. What gives, Matt Redman? Why do we love the British and British music so much as Americans? That is so true, isn't it? Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, I remember one pastor telling me once that we we made a bad move when we decided to fight uh, wearing red coats <laughs> so that we weren't... They're not exactly camouflage, are they? You know, so, <laughs> so that was that was a bad moment. And then, um, yeah, I don't know what it is. There's definitely a lovely exchange because it's it's kind of a mutual thing because in England... Um, we grew up loving American music and we can't get enough of that. And in fact, a lot of people always say to me, oh, how come you speak with an English accent but you sing with an American one? And it's probably probably because I, I listened to so much American music growing up. I was worried there for a minute. I thought you were going to ask me about Harry and Meghan. <laughs> we won't, I'm getting ready for that. You know, we, we won't do that unless you have anything that you really want to get off your chest. This is your moment. If you do have anything <laughs> you want to say, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's too early. It's too early. Yeah, I figured, I figured you might say that. So the new project uh, available everywhere now is Let There Be Wonder. And it really does seem like a journey back to the basics in a way. You know, songs that powerfully remind us of just who Jesus is tell us these great gospel stories in worship again. What did you set out to do here, good man? From, from the age of a teenager, I just love this dynamic of the people of God and the presence of God pouring out the praises of God. Something, this dynamic that happens when the worshiping church stand before God and sing to him together. And we need songs to do that, right? And so I, I think one of my most favorite quests in life is trying to write songs. But, but it's not something you can take lightly because you're trying to portray God in song. You know, you're trying to convey something of who he is. So 
you can't make stuff up, but also you want to do a good job of not shrinking him down or leaving important parts out of the equation and all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we just went in pursuit of some new songs. I think probably wrote about 50. There's ones you hear on the album of the 12 that rose to the top. And um, the title's Let There Be Wonder. And I, I hope the songs go in that direction. I hope they lead people into wonder and worship. Well, Let There Be Wonder, unquestionably an eye and an ear-catching piece of language. And that title track really has a message to catch your heart, too. It, it struck me as I listened as an invitation to really see Jesus with fresh eyes. And maybe when after so many years of repetition, the stories maybe have lost some of that innocent wonder to us of the first time we heard them. What was the journey to that song? Yeah, I had that title for a little while sitting there and I um, had a couple of attempts to write something. And then one day, um, writing with a couple of guys, Jacob and Josh, um, the whole thing and the guy called Corey, um, the whole thing um, came into being. And it, and it, what I love about the phrase is it's a declaration and a prayer. You know, we're declaring, let there be wonder. And we're also praying it. Let, let, you know, let there be wonder. Let us see something of you, Jesus. Let, um, let us go beyond the dull, the dull and the ordinary and the mundane in this moment and enter into the, the magnificence and the mystery and the, um, the, you know, the splendor and brilliance of who you are. And, you know, I think um, it's really important in the church we see that big picture of God because then we, we honor him more fully, but also we, we live differently. It affects how we live. You know, no one needs a small God. You're in the middle of the storm. There's no point calling on a small God. And no one's wow. going to live a big life for a small God. So it's so important. And it feels to me like everything in our culture, uh, it maybe goes in the opposite direction of um, squeezing out mystery out of the equation or um, all these kind of things. You know, there's not a whole lot of reverence flying around anymore. But when it comes to worship, those things have to be in the mix. I like to say, you know, you can adore without wonder. You can appreciate, admire without wonder. You cannot worship without wonder. When it comes to worship, it has to have that sense of otherness. Like he's not like us. He's way off the charts of anything we could imagine or comprehend. My goodness. That is so well said. Thank you for that, sir. We're talking with the prolific and pioneering recording artist and worship leader, Mr. Matt Redman, whose latest project is available now wherever fine music is sold or streamed. It's called Let There Be Wonder. And by the way, you said it earlier that you sing with an American accent. You speak with a British accent. I had never thought about that. But listening to you now, oh, my goodness, it's true. (laughs) I'm a chameleon. It's terrible. (laughs) I think think you should maybe write a book about that. That that could be interesting at some point. Just give it some thought. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is what you don't hear in America is my English accent is very it's quite kind of common, you know, it's a bit Londonish. I'm not very posh uh, or well-to-do, I don't know how you say it out here. So in America, you just hear one accent, but in England, my, mine's not very classy. Well, it sounds classy to us, though. That's what's important. We don't, we don't know that. <laughs> no, we love it so much. Uh, listening to the track, The Same Jesus, is an incredibly powerful reminder that the same extraordinary miracles and might that we read in the pages of the Bible, that's exactly the same Jesus that is with us each and every day. Why is that such an important message for us today? 
Yeah, I think um, it's something, again, about seeing the big picture. You know, Jesus, there at creation, speaking the world into being, Jesus at the cross, Jesus rising from the grave, Jesus ascending it to heaven, Jesus who's coming back again. You know, there's this big picture. When Sometimes in worship, we just sing about me and Jesus here today. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not as powerful as it could be. When you start singing about not just the God of today, but the God of yesterday and the God of today and the God of forever, the God who was and is and is to come, there's something really powerful about singing that epic story of who Jesus is. And what, of course, is powerful that you mentioned is he doesn't change in the story. Wherever he shows up in the timeline of history, he's the same. And even more cool, maybe, is it's the same in our own lives, in the timeline of our own lives. He's the same Jesus. He's consistent and constant, steadfast, faithful. He, he never changes. And that's great news for us because everything else seems to change. Every, everything else is so prone to fail or fade. And most things about this life are temporary. But when it comes to Jesus, he's eternal and he's unchanging. Man, there is such encouragement in that. It's so true. You know, I was also just thinking, listening to that track and really the whole album as well. And this is kind of an obvious point, but also fascinating to think about, I think. For most songwriters, they're thinking about crafting an ear-catching song that people remember hearing. But you're literally writing these songs to be sung, to facilitate worship. And that's just what you do. How much different is that, would you say, than just trying to write a catchy song? Yeah, it's definitely different. But for me, it's all really I've ever done. I got into worship leading. I started playing guitar because I wanted to play worship songs at home. Uh. And so I never really had a big desire outside of um, church congregational music to, to write and play songs. And um, it doesn't make me special anyway. anyway. It's just how I'm made. And, and to be honest, <laughs> I started writing the songs because I needed to. I mean... I'd had a really turbulent childhood and my, I lost my dad to suicide when I was seven years old. The teen years had been really rocky because my mum had remarried and there was some abuse going on in the family. That guy went to jail. And through that time, the writing of these worship songs was one of the only things I think kept me buoyant, you know, and head above water and, and um, that and the Psalms probably. And, and so before I ever thought about leading any of the songs or recording any of the songs, I was doing it because I needed to. And so for me, that's always, um, I've never really been a performer or had any desire to do that kind of thing. And, and you know, I love when I see people doing both. I've got some really good friends who um, do some really great stuff outside the walls of the church. And then they do some wonderful stuff inside the worshiping church. And I love that. But for me, I'm definitely programmed somehow to think about the congregational side of things. And and the one part that comes with that is you can't just sing or say anything you want. You know, you've got to, it's, it's something you can't take lightly. You know, you're dealing with the revelation of God. We, we, we don't get to make stuff up. He's a God who self-reveals. And he's told us, he's given us a crazy amount of cues as to who he is right. and how he likes to be approached and worship, what kind of thing is going to honor him, what kind of offering is going to mean something to him. So then you've got to do your very best to try and incorporate that in the songs. Well, it's so much fun to hear your heart for that because when you talk to other artists and other worship leaders, we were just talking with Phil Wickham a while back, I think this fall, yeah. 
And he was talking about you with almost this reverence in his voice, you know, just how excited he was. He really was, you know, just so blessed he was to write with you. And one of the things that he talked about was writing a song, collaborating with you for a track on his latest album. And he was talking about just how amazed he was at how the words would just come for you just so quickly at a certain point there was an idea he had for a song and then he talked about how you were firing off texts to him to finish the lyrics of that yeah. song is that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that a pretty normal happening for you a, a lightning strike of words as an idea or or is a gentle drizzle of those ideas coming pretty normal <laughs> too <laughs> oh it's definitely a bit of a mix um phil's a great guy by the way and i, I remember I showed up to some worship event years ago and I was leading in the next session and there's this young, like late teens guy leading a Californian dude singing like an angel. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then, uh, and actually Phil, Phil we, he's um, part of one of the songs. Uh, he's a co-writer on one of the songs on this album, a song called We Praise You. So that was, that was nice. So he's had a couple of songs together this last year. Um, but yeah, for me, it comes sometimes that lightning bolt thing um but a lot of times it's hard work too you know contending for a lyric someone once said it's a bit like diamond mining sometimes you have to go through a whole lot of dirt before you find the diamond and it can be Whoa. like that um and um and i'm happy with both you know the band u2 they said that sometimes songwriting is like a playground and other times it's like a boxing ring and that is so true. There's times where it's just so fun and everything's flowing so quick. That would have been the case with the 10,000 Reasons, that song. You know, that was, I don't know, an hour and a half maybe, um, 1.30 in the morning. But, <laughs> but then other songs, Blessed Be Your Name, that probably took a, a couple of months of contending with and reshaping and re-editing and refining. And so it's definitely a mixture. Well, that's fascinating stuff. Mr. Matt Redman is with us today for Faith Radio's On the Road, the prolific and pioneering recording artist and worship leader whose latest project, available now wherever fine music is sold or streamed, Let There Be Wonder. Such a great piece of language, isn't it there? Now, you mentioned just this incredible journey that you have to faith, and there's so much pain in that journey, but so much purpose that has been revealed as well. You actually, is this correct? You actually accepted Jesus when you were a preteen, right? When you were just 10? Yes. Louis Palau came to England and in the London soccer stadium, a place called QPR. Uh, I got taken along that night. Um, and I already had an awareness of God and I went to church, but something that night about the way he spoke about the gospel. And it actually talked a lot about the father heart of God, which really met with me. Um, and so I gave my life to Christ, yeah, age 10. And the lovely thing is I get to do some, some things with Lewis and his team these days. Uh, we did uh, a few years ago, um, the same weekend, Times Square and in uh, New York and, and Central Park. And that was really beautiful. In fact, if you go online, YouTube, you can see a 10,000 Reasons version from Times Square, which was such a treat to leave there. Oh, my goodness. That had to be just ridiculously special. Yeah, absolutely. But he, he's a full-on hero of mine, for sure. Well, you talk about how playing these songs is just this therapy for your soul that nourishes your soul uh, during a really tough time. 
How did you discover the love for music? How did you find out that you were quite good at this? So what actually happened was when I, when I was seven years old, I lost my father in the month of May. And in the month of June, uh, a group of musicians and pastors from the vineyard churches in America came to England for the first time. They came to my church and they brought this fresh new worship music. I was only seven years old, but it was, I could just see it was utterly different to anything I'd ever heard before. And I found it so compelling. And it's just a month after I lost my dad. And from that moment on, worship music definitely showed up in my life. It was something I was really wanted to, to have in my life. Um, and then my youth leader got me leading worship. And then, like I said before, I started writing the songs. And I guess that was the moment where I realized, oh, these songs, I was kind of writing them because I needed to, I needed to process life and process pain and all sorts of things. But actually, I, I can see that you can write a song and it can do it for other people too. And so, um, yeah, that's when I started the journey of it. And, you know, I love the process. I love the sitting in a room and contending for something and trying to um, put a universal theme in a unique way, you know, trying to take those age old truths about who God is, but trying to sing them in a, in a, in a fresh way. Mm. And, and when it goes right, it's the most beautiful thing. I mean, I mentioned 10,000 reasons, uh, obviously that song's a few years old now, but we still have such beautiful stories coming back. And some of them are so uh, intense with just people going through some of the harshest life circumstances you could ever imagine and somehow finding their way to the place of praise in the middle of that and, and sometimes using that song as a soundtrack when they do. So when it goes right, I don't really understand how music can be so powerful. <laughs> it's just the way God's ordained it, I guess. People yeah. take these songs and they go so deep into their into their lives. And, and of course, the great thing about worship songs is that when it does that, it can take truth with it. It's like a vehicle for truth. And it, and it, it says the worship song could take, lead people to a place of joy or hope or peace, um, even when they're just lifting their hands to worship God. It's so, it's so interesting to try to put yourself in the shoes that you're in. I mean, does that moment ever, do you ever find yourself prepared for that moment? Well, even all these years later with a song like 10,000 Reasons where somebody comes up to you and says, your song changed my life, your song transformed my journey, your song brought, brought me to Jesus. Are you ever prepared to hear that, even though you've heard it many times? No, not really. I mean, because, I mean, num number one, because the stories are all, um, they're just profound, aren't they? And, and it, 10,000 Reasons, one of the marks of that song has been so many people say, my loved one went to be with Jesus while they were listening to that song in the hospital. They requested that be praying as they, as they, breathed their last hair and, and, and went to be with Jesus. And, and, you know, you can't really, what I love about those stories, I mean, obviously a big privilege to have had a little part in that, but the thing is, that's the immeasurable stuff. The, the ministry stuff I love is the stuff that's immeasurable. You can't put it on a chart. You know, you, you can see how many CDs you sold, how many people showed up at an event, or how many people liked your post on Twitter. There's so many things you can count, right? But the stuff I really love is the stuff you can't count, the stuff that's immeasurable. There's no numbers or charts or graph, you know, for, for a story like that. Uh, that's so true and so cool. Mr. Matt Redman with us today on Faith Radio. The new album called Let There Be Wonder. 
really, we started the interview with a question that was pretty much, <laughs> you're the perfect person to answer it. And this, this question is really the same story. You look at just what worship music has done as a genre over the past 20 years and, and beyond. I mean, it's always been something that's central to our Sunday morning, but now it's something that we are filling our hearts with all week long. And really some of the most popular songs on the radio continue to be worship songs. You've been such a central part of this. What is it that has drawn us so deeply to these songs? Why why has this been such a revolutionary time really for worship music? Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I think it's really wonderful though. I've had a few stories of people who aren't even, you know, Christians, and they'll they'll hear something in Christian radio, and then when they do show up in church, they're like, "Oh, I know these songs. I heard these on the radio." Yeah, and I love that. It's really special. Um, I think it is because they help you talk to God. You know, they're, they're just sung prayers, aren't they? Really. And so there's one thing where you hear a song that's about God and maybe it's informing or inspiring you of something about him. But there's like another level of a song that actually might tell you something about him, but then it also helps you journey to him. And for me, the best songs, they're not only a classroom, but they're a chapel too. So they, they're a classroom. They teach you or inform you or, or inspire you something about Jesus. But then they're also a chapel. They give you a space to reflect and respond and reply. To who he is, you know, and, and uh, so they're like a, a way to devote yourself to him. Well, our minutes uh, remaining are just few. So before we wind down too far, let's talk about how we can find Let There Be Wonder, the brand new album just available across the land. Of course, wherever fine music is sold or streamed, but a central place we can go on the web, sir, to start the, the journey of discovery, where would that be? <laughs> Yeah, go to mattredmond.com. Um, also, I'm Matt underscore Redmond on Twitter, Matt Redmond Music on Instagram. And yeah, I would love you to check out the, the songs and, and see if they help you worship. You know, this really, just as a final question, really segues with so much of what you've had to say throughout the interview. And just as a really humble guy, I mean, obviously, that comes through everything that you say. You have You have achieved so much in terms of the numbers and you talk about how really those numbers aren't important to you. But when it comes to Grammys and Dove Awards and all these incredible sales and streams, what is it that you still hope to, to achieve? What is it that drives you and keeps you going every single day to share this music, to continue to create, to continue to bless people with these songs? I think it's really just because there's so much more to say. I mean, I, I remember an old pop music producer saying, you can only write four pop songs, four kinds of pop songs. I love you, I hate you, go away and come back. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to worship songs, there's so much to be said. Like the, the subject matter is just infinitely good. And so I think it's that really, knowing that, you know, I've done my best over the last 20 years to write a ton of songs that somehow hopefully convey a little bit of who Jesus is and help people sink in but but i'm just we're just scratching the surface i mean even the very best of the songs that we write there's so much more to be said there's so much more honor we can give him so i think that would probably be the thing that keeps driving you well it really has been a treat thank you so much for your time i know album release time is a busy time we're so grateful to have been able to talk with you and just hear a bit of your heart and your story sir thank you so much 
Oh, it's an absolute privilege. And it's been a lovely conversation. Thanks so much. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.